ESPN 690 and Action Sports Shacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Oh, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, what is happening from Davoli's House of Cards here in St. John's County on a Tuesday of uh, Georgia, Florida week here in the River City? We hit RV City tomorrow and for the rest of the week. Actually, we'll be bouncing all around, but we'll be down in that uh, area, of course. RV City opened today, so everybody starts piling in, and we're down there downtown starting to pick up. But, of course, it's a bit quiet here on a Tuesday, then we'll get some pickup Wednesday and more so on Thursday and into Friday, and then the party's really on, of course, for a Saturday and all the coverage we have. You know, we're going to visit with C.C. Jefferson, former Florida Gator from Baker County today. We're going to try to get some guests on throughout the week and uh, hear some different voices from both the Georgia side and the Florida side. And uh, we will do that. But primarily around here, too, we still talk the NFL even this week with the big college game in town. And, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't know, did something happen last night after the show? Did something happen like five minutes after Jags Report Live was over? Did I have to, like, run down Andre Sisco in the parking lot and say, what just happened here? Yes, I did. All those things. James Robinson is now a jet. This is Travis Etienne's backfield. Doug Peterson and the Jags make a move. Who precipitated the move, I think, is a fascinating storyline. And how did this thing go down? Hopefully we'll get some details on it. I know everybody's been talking about it now for, oh, almost the last 20 hours. We've jumped on Twitter Live. That's when you know it's big, Casey Kurtz and Aaron Schachter, when we jump on Twitter Live right away because we feel the emotion of the fan base. we got to go help them out a little bit, comfort them a little bit, talk about it, talk through it. That's what we do. And I didn't want to wait till 3 o'clock here on a Tuesday. I saw you, dog. I was trying to troll you during the thing because I was like, dang, <laughs> does he have Wi-Fi? Why oh, is that so- you? That was me, bro. That oh, was me. <laughs> you always get these dumbasses you that know that me. jump in on these things <laughs> yeah and it was it was casey it was your guy yeah, yeah. of course uh. and Wait, at you, the you, end what, you, you wanted me to jump in you fix the wi-fi there all no i wanted I mean. to throw you off and i could tell i did throw you off because you <laughs> looked at it a little confused <laughs> and then at the end people were like oh brent you're the best you're the greatest i said brent is mid at best <laughs> so i was just making sure that everything was balanced correct <laughs> I, I can't uh you know one thing that's hard to do with uh, Twitter, and even with our show live on Twitter, the comments go away. Yeah. You know, so, like, the comments will come up there, and I'll be like, I can't see exactly who said it, uh, but I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to have the interaction. (laughs) No, it wasn't. But even now, like, on the show, like, you can see people jump in. They may even comment, and then it goes away. And it used to be, remember when we had Periscope? Yeah. Yeah. So Periscope was part of Twitter, and I don't think it went away on there. I think you could go back and find it, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a bit now. Uh, the other thing I liked about Periscope <laughs> is that you could see who was on there. So I could have gone back last night and said, oh, Casey was on there. No wonder why that stuff was yeah, going Yeah, bro. On. I but was letting you have it. That was the big story. When we did our show late December of 2020, when the hiring process of Urban Meyer was going down, 
Like, this is how we knew that Urban was listening to the show. Right. Because of Periscope. Like, we knew he was on Twitter. His Twitter handle was jumping in the show and listening. Just not all the time, but just, like, when we would have big topics, like, is Urban going to be the guy, blah, 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 blah. And he actually, when he got to town, he knew the show in Austin and I because he had listened. He was a loyal viewer. <laughs> and he didn't shy away from it. But that had really happened, and that's kind of the fun thing about Twitter, right? You can reach anybody all over the place. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Justin Jackson. We'll say with YouTube, and that's why we put the show all over the place. Right? We haven't done a roll call in a while, and maybe we should. But long story short, that's the one thing I don't like about Twitter that you can't see. On YouTube, we can see everybody's comments, and they stay there. On Twitter, they go away. So I didn't notice it was you, Casey Kurtz, but I guess I should have assumed. It was me, Brent. I was laughing very hard when I saw your face looking sideways. Like, who just said that to you? It was me. <laughs> I didn't oh, know it. it meant. Then I went back and saw it after it was over, and I was like, oh, this is what they were talking about. Like, it was very fuzzy. Yeah. But I guess the audio came in okay. Yeah, you sounded fine. Just couldn't see it. Looks like you were <laughs> Well, here's the such. other thing. Should I, Aaron, you are the one with the metrics. You know the metrics. Okay. Should I have jumped on Twitter Live, or should I have done a Twitter space at the moment? Oh, good question. I think Twitter Live was the move, though. I think he did the right thing there. Really? Yeah. We did a space that one time, Brent. We did. The space was how, good. How'd that, that one do time. for you guys? It well, was Urban good. got fired, so everyone was looking for it. Yeah. We, and it was we, like we, one in the morning. It was. We did a space. <laughs> we were killing it. We yeah, did a Twitter space from like 12 to until about 3 in the morning. Yeah. It was wild. And, but so, so you don't know, Aaron, you don't know like which one would be better? No. Well, it really does depend on like what the topic is, what time of day, what your audience looks like, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Do you click on Twitter Spaces occasionally? No. Oh, you never click on them? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, it's got to be a big, like, uh, moving, talking topic, but it's not often. Like, I like the concepts, but I guess I would just say I'm not in the habit of it yet. You know where I go when I want to see live commentary on breaking news? I go to YouTube. You do? Yeah. Interesting. YouTube Live. Yeah, somewhere there's somebody who threw on a camera who's who's talking to me about it, yeah. All right. All right. Good stuff. Well, we're talking about James Robinson. Give us your thoughts, guys. Where do you sit? There's a lot of things here, and I just texted you guys earlier. I said, here are the angles. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch here yeah. with the James Robinson situation. But let's just go overall feeling. What do you think about the move, Aaron? For who? Like for the Jaguars, it's it's not optimal. But Are like, you mad? I well, mean, you what was it? what was the other side of it for the Jaguars? They seemed to be between a rock and a hard place, and uh, wanted to just get back to business about that backfield. We knew it was the Travis Etienne show, but we didn't know by how much. We also didn't know any of the other things going on behind the scenes. Maybe you've heard since the trade went down, Brent. But I got to imagine it was getting a bit distracting in that locker room if they shipped him out so quickly. I don't know about that. Casey, you don't give us so? your thoughts. Uh, well, I just from more of the fan perspective, I think it's gross. I think it's disgusting. I think how they handled it is just awful. I think Doug Peterson stood up there and said things that he didn't necessarily believe because I don't think the Jets would have traded for an injured player uh, after their running back just got hurt. So I, I think that was handled grossly incorrect. And I, I just think it was done wrong. I think it's a bad look for the Jags. I think they got rid of another player that's pretty good that could help them win games and has done so. So I think... Uh, fans, I think you should be mad about it, and I, I don't think it was the right move. Do you really think, though, that they got rid of him as opposed to him asking out? I think the way that it was handled, I'm not mad if he asked out. I think the way it was handled is the problem. I can't imagine they let him go for a six-round pick, and he wanted to stay and work it out. 
That, that seems extremely hard to believe. And to your point last night, Brent, if he was actually injured, he wasn't getting traded. Yeah, okay, so let's, let's go there. Let's start with who precipitated the trade, because I think that's interesting. And we, I asked Maurice Jones-Drew this, and we'll get into his comments a little bit later if you haven't seen him. It's up on YouTube for 25 minutes. We basically talked about the Jags running back situation. But in that, I said, would you, if you were his agent, if you're the agent of James Robinson, would you say, hey, let's explore a trade. we got the deadline coming up next Tuesday. We see where this thing's going. The writing's on the wall. Would you explore a trade? So I think that's a plausible thing that happened. In fact, I would have done it if I was his agent. I, we all saw what was happening, clearly, over the last three weeks. And it just didn't seem like a fit with Doug and this Jags offense. So I would have, yes, gone and said, hey, does this make sense if we try to maybe explore a trade? Or was it the New York Jets who lose Brees Hall on Sunday and say, you know what? As a guy down in Jacksonville, only got a couple of snaps. Let's make sure he's healthy. And if he is, he might fit the style we're going after here in New York. And at least it's a guy that's proven over the last couple of seasons and, and won't cost us a lot. Could have been. Might have been the Jets. Might have been a smart move. This is or, funny. Was the, 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 or was it the Jags, right? I mean, was it the Jags that said, hey, we know he's going to be unhappy. We're not going to make him happy here. We've moved on to more of an increased role with ETN, and we're not going to make this work the way he wants to and everybody wants to make it work for the benefit of the football team. So let's see if anybody would be willing to pick up the phone and call Joe Douglas and, and see if it can work out. I think the part that's so weird to me is that it's not exactly a great fit for the Jets, right? Like, I, I understand Brees Hall goes down, so you want to replace him with a known entity, but uh, James Robinson and Michael Carter are somewhat similar. So, I mean, you're, it's not like you got thunder and lightning on the Jets now. Now you got thunder and thunder. So, okay. Was Brees Hall lightning? I mean, he was fast out there. He hit 21 miles an hour on that 62-yard run, man. The dude is fast. I, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess I don't look at Brees Hall as like in the Travis Etienne ilk. You know, that's well, I mean, I he's not that's... as small as Etienne. He doesn't look as quick when you look at Etienne darting through the line. But dude is fast. So, do me a favor. Bring, bring up Brees Hall real quick on his stats and how many carries he was getting each game. I know they went up. The first few weeks it was just okay. They were feeling it out and then up, 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 I think. Or maybe I was thinking Damian Pierce when I looked him up in that No, respect. it's the same with Brees. It started out slow. Michael Carter was the lead back week one, and then they slowly but surely in the first three weeks ratcheted. It's very much like James Robinson and Travis Etienne, if you think about it. Oh, how it switched. Yeah. Yeah. I got Brees' carries for you right here. Yeah, let's see what it is. All right. So, uh, ba 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 Game one, six attempts. Game two, seven attempts. Game three, eight attempts. Game four, 17 attempts. Game five, 18 attempts. Game six, 20 attempts. Game uh, seven, four before he gets hurt. Yeah, so they were pushing that way. Oh, yeah. So so what's the story out of New York? Is, is this going to be James and Michael Carter split? Is it going to be Michael Carter and then we'll see what James does? I mean, I mean but, is he walking into the same thing or is he going to automatically go get more ca ca carries? I would think he would, so, but I'm not sure it's automatic if at one time they were going with Michael Carter. I feel pretty confident he'll have more carries on the Jets, if only because they're scared to see what Zach Wilson is and they want to run the ball 40 times a game. But that being said, he's pretty much got the same situation with Michael Carter going on, maybe to a lesser degree that he had with Travis Etienne. The difference is here they believed in Etienne's ability, so they gave him the ball more. In New York, Robinson's got to learn the playbook. So he's going to start behind Carter anyway until he gets up to speed. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but running backs don't take too long to learn the playbook. And that's fair. Playbook. That's fair. But Carter's the pass catcher. And so he had slid, Carter did, had slid into that third down role, and then they kind of took it away from him. They gave everything to Brees. But 
I think they'll use Carter uh, in the first two or three downs and then look at James Robinson for the pounded, especially on the goal line. This that is a running team, by the way. This just happened, by the way, a, a Twitter comment. See, I'm sorry, it went away. It was something, something bacon. That was the handle. Nice. But uh, <laughs> nice. they, they bring up a point where actually my buddy uh, also brought this up last night, and I disagree with it, okay? And I'm going to disagree with this thought, too, from, from, this, uh, from someone who's watching again. Something, something bacon. Sorry, I missed uh, exactly who it was. But they said, I think the Jags knew that they were going to trade him before the game and therefore didn't play him to keep him healthy. That's was also a possibility, right? It's a possibility, but that feels like a next week thing. You know what I mean? Like when you're close to the deadline. And here's the other thing. You happen to trade with the Jets who lost Brees Hall that afternoon? Yeah, that's I don't fishy. Think, I don't think... I don't think it was. I like, will say honestly, this, I don't think the Jags, I'm not of the camp that I think the Jags precipitated this trade. Now, I might be wrong. I don't know that. I'm just, I, listen, sometimes we know stuff, sometimes we don't. And just to be clear, I don't know this. But I don't see it as the Jags did it. I think the Jags would have maybe tried to make it work, but all of a sudden they got a phone call from the Jets or the camp of Robinson. I think those two things are way more likely here because, honestly, I'm not sure the agent for Robinson's doing his job if he doesn't say, let's explore something that might be out there. Like, I would have if I was in his position because you could see what was going on. So I don't, I don't buy that they kept them out of the game Sunday because they might trade them away. I don't believe that at all. Well, we, I think they just weren't going to play him that much because they like ETN in the spot. We can put all the circumstantial evidence together, right? We know the Jags played first. The Jets played that 4 o'clock game. So it's not like the Jags knew before their game that Brees Hall was going to go down, like you said, right? So that's not a thing. But you also got to imagine the Robinson camp had been asking about carries for a while. This wasn't a Giants game thing. This wasn't a even a last week thing. I think this goes way back to the beginning of the season, especially when you name Robinson the starter and he comes out in the first couple of weeks with some decent play. Yeah, the only thing I would say to that is it got exacerbated on Sunday. He did not have a carry in the football game or a touch in the football it. game for the first time in his life. But yet another reason, If why are you going to play him for 12 snaps if you have a deal in place? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. That, yeah, being said, you, that being said, I get wanting to limit him because if you do injure him, if he does aggravate the, the foot, the Achilles, whatever you want to call it, or any other injury, I mean, get rid of him now as a non-starter. I think Doug Peterson's in a very difficult spot if they are thinking of – they don't want to crush James Robinson in front of the podium, right? Because they're like, he's going to hear it. He also don't want to, if they are thinking of trading him or thinking it might be trade bait potential, well, they don't want to say too much about anything, really. They want to keep it quiet. Yeah. And yet he wants to, does he want to be transparent? I don't know. You guys know what, how I felt. Whatever's happening with James Robinson, be transparent. Well, I will say the biggest criticism for Doug Peterson and the Jags in this is the whole thing felt clunky because, once again, you're coming off last year where the head coach lied about it, and now this time around, Doug Peterson, he said in yesterday's soundbite that we ran on Monday when he talked about it, he said three different things. He said, yeah, we want to see a little more out of ETN. He said, well, he might be banged up, you know, like it, and, and we're not sure where he's at. And, oh, like I don't even know what the other – oh, maybe Hasty was involved in there too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But – he didn't answer the question. And when you throw injuries out there Sunday and Monday about James Robinson and he gets traded hours later, well, here's one thing we can rule out. James Robinson is not injured. There's no way in hell the no Jets would have traded a really what's going to be a fifth-round pick 
for a guy who's hurt. Joe Douglas on the other line going, you know what? We love injuries. We got a guy who just got injured. Let's bring another one. Like, come on. Yeah, so, like, we, we can cross that out. He's not hurt. Not hurt. And, by the way, like, Doug almost got himself a little bit of trouble two different ways here because if he was hurt, then why wasn't he on the injury list? Well, don't you think that's why he was so vague about lower body issues instead of saying he's dealing with an injury? Yeah, and now Doug, first of all, Doug can say, and, and he kind of did, so I, I will say this, that he said coming off the game. So basically they thought on that one play that everybody keeps pointing to, on the, well, the only play, really, he got up slow, and so was something wrong, is something not right, is he fully healthy? We had heard for a couple of weeks that he wasn't 100%, but who is in the NFL? Everybody will Nobody, tell you. Yeah. It's a cliche, and there's nothing on the injury report and so maybe it's just soreness. And, again, I just can't buy the Jags or, or the Jets are going to trade for a guy who's coming off an Achilles and might still be hurt somewhere. And he's got to pass a physical, so maybe he fails a physical. I don't know. If he fails a physical, then, then maybe they did something was up. But I also just don't think you're going to make a trade with the anticipation a guy's going to make a, a exactly. fail a physical. So, exactly. So this whole thing is clunky, right? And... Now you've got Urban Meyer and you get Doug Peterson and you got the Jags and everybody's like, oh, the Jags, here they go again. Like, that's what we're getting. I said, are you mad? And everybody's like, can't be mad when this is typical around here. Jags are a miserably run organization. Should not be stable as Phil, should get a return. ETN was the number one, so writing on the wall, wish him luck, no hard feelings, says off-track mind. Uh, Bree says, yes, it can be logical all day, but it's just another smack in the face of this fan base. If you're blown away by an offer like a third you do it but for a sixth well it's a fifth really and that brings us to the, to the other part from a business standpoint this isn't a bad move for the Jags, by the way from a business standpoint they got an undrafted free agent that gave them a couple of thousand yards rushing and however many touchdowns and really good moments He's going into a contract year, which means he has 10 games left to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they essentially got a fifth-round pick for him. Like, you're, that's bit, like, from a just-sold business standpoint, you take any GM in the, in the league that would say, hey, we're going to give you an undrafted free agent, we're not sure, he's no longer our number one guy, and we're going to get a fifth-round pick for him? Well, hell yeah, that's a good business move, right, guys? I mean, that part of it can be true, and you can still be mad that the Jags got rid of James Robinson. Yes, but that's not necessarily the reaction we're seeing as it pertains to Trent Belke today, right? What, what we're seeing is, here we go again, the clown is back. We're seeing, oh, this guy loves six-round picks. He's never met a six-round pick he didn't want to trade for. You're seeing that instead of, hey, this might have been a savvy business move. Yeah, well, I get it because everybody's mad. This is this is where the clunky nature comes in. Everybody's mad because they're emotionally attached to James Robinson. And I get it, and I love it. Like, I love that part. I went back into sneakers at Jags Report Live last night after I talked to Cisco. Cisco was mad. He was mad. Yeah. He was like, what the heck? Couldn't believe it. And I think the whole locker room, re- we saw Jamal Agnew tweet. Like, what? They were surprised by this. Then I go back into the restaurant and before I do that fuzzy Twitter live. And it was fuzzy. <laughs> I haven't tweeted this video yet, and I should, but there, there's people, like, angry at the Adam Schefter report of it. Should be. You know, and, I mean, it. they were mad because people like James Robinson. 
they appreciate James Robinson. And I say that as a good thing. Like that's a, a sentimental cool player in this town for sure. Yeah, which is, is interesting. I mean, listen, we, we like him. We spent 12 Mondays with him last year. And he was fantastic. Nice family. Like, there's a lot to like. And I, I, I get that part. I think there's a little bit of this attachment. But that doesn't mean it can't be a good business move at the end of the day, too. If you're not going to play the guy. And you get a fifth against. We can stop with a six-round pick. He's got to get 260 yards. It's going to be a fifth-round pick. I would think he'll get that. Yeah, unless he gets injured. Yeah. And and so it's a fifth-round pick for a guy you that costs you nothing to get, and he's going to he has 10 games left. So do you want James Robinson for 10 more games, or do you want a fifth-round pick? Like that part of it's pretty good. And by the way, if you like zoom out to 30,000 feet, you're basically asking teams. To take on a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year on a rental who's coming off an Achilles. Like, what do you think you're getting back for James Robinson? What do you, I don't understand the expectation from the crowd right now. Well, again, there's an emotional attachment. And we're going to talk more about this. There's a lot here. Again, I, my list goes longer than this. Like, there's a lot here. There's the business decision. There's the emotional attachment. There's the funky nature that Jacksonville Jaguars coaches, especially, have handled a guy that's a fan favorite. That never sits well. Yeah. Never. And there's more to it as well, including what Maurice Jones-Drew said about it. And does he have a point? We'll hear from Mojo on what he said and find out from you if he has a point. We're live at the Bullies House of Cards here on a Tuesday. Brett and Friends on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Bullies House of Cards. Brett Morton, along with Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, here on a Tuesday. It's a busy, busy week, but a fun one, of course, coming up here in the uh, River City. Not so fun for Jags fans right now. Four-game losing streak. Uh, there's a lot going on there. And then James Robinson, a favorite, a fan favorite, is traded away to the New York Jets. It's good for Robinson. He was not going to get as many car uh, carries. He goes to a 5-2 and two football team. It's a style of football up there. I think they're going to really use his strengths, especially as the weather gets colder. And he's used to that, by the way. He played up in the colder weather in the college days. So there's a lot of good stuff here for James Robinson. It doesn't sit well with the fans. We talked about the business decision nature of this. We talked about who facilitated the trade. Uh, he's obviously not hurt. It, this whole thing felt clunky, of course. I have this well, I have a couple of different questions before we get to what Maurice Jones-Drew said about it. Did the Jags get the best of James Robinson? Like, is he going to go to the Jets and take off? Or is there some concern with James Robinson that we've seen his best days, especially coming off the injury that he had? What do you guys think? I think there's no way to know right now, right? It wasn't given enough time to bear out because the situation determined otherwise with a real stud in the backfield alongside him. Like, if there was no Travis Etienne, then maybe you have an opportunity to see James work his way back to full strength if he's not there yet, or if he is, what that looks like with this new playbook. But you just, it's all hypotheticals now. Casey, what do you think? Is James Robinson about to go run for four more seasons of 1,000 yards, or is he about to be, uh, give me a back, Philip Lindsay-esque? No, I don't think he's Philip Lindsay-esque, but at the same time, is he going to run for 1,000 yards for the Jets for the next couple of years? Absolutely not. So you got to find another taker. I think James Robinson's not done. I think he'll be good on the Jets, depending on the carries. And when you look at some of these teams, there are going to be running backs available. I think Josh Jacobs will be available. But 
You know, there are teams that all of a sudden need running backs, and everybody needs a, a second running back, apparently, except the Jags. So, uh, yeah, I think James, I don't know if his best days are still ahead of him, but there's definitely there's definitely stuff there, and teams will take a, before, take a chance on before that. Before, Casey, you go anointing him a good season with the Jets, I just want to bring up the fact that the Jets started the season off with Mekhi Becton at right tackle, then he's out for the year. George Fant at left tackle, then he's out for the year. Elijah Vera Tucker has played left tackle, right tackle, right guard, and left guard. Now out for the year. Lakin Tomlinson, one of the most sought-after offensive linemen in the offseason last year, has been one of the worst offensive linemen in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. So that offensive line outside of Connor McGovern at center, ugh, I mean, that is not a bright spot of the Jets right now. And here comes James Robinson with what kind of metric did you give us the other day, Brent, about negative yards or zero yards on carries? Yeah, worse than the NFL. There it or, is. You know, in terms of zero or negative yards so far this season, which has not been his M.O. in his career. His M.O. in his career is fall forward guy. But it's but not like year, he's not going to get help from that offensive line. It's in triage right now. I mean, more of the same, I think, from James Robinson when he gets on the Jets, well, at least for the first few weeks. I have a hard time thinking Brees Hall was running through and around in everybody without the help of the offensive line they were somehow making it work i mean you can't do it all by yourself That's so fair. Brees hall was doing had some terrific numbers that offensive line despite all the things you said about patchwork and injuries they've actually delivered the last few weeks now will they continue to do that we don't know is Brees hall just a way better running back than a guy like james robinson we'll find out and so that leads me to the other part the other question guys travis Etienne is obviously huge in this sense you know the fan base loved Minshew for a long time when Mitchu got traded away, I don't really think anybody was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. Why? Because they got Trevor Lawrence. And I understand only one quarterback plays. But are you a little surprised that with the recent success of Travis Etienne, the fan base is taking this as hard, considering he looks like the better player right now? It's a little bit surprising, but, I mean, like you said, a beloved player, you hate to see him go especially like this. And Casey, to, it doesn't make you feel any better that Travis Etienne has really been taken off the last three weeks? I mean, yeah, he has. But to, to that point, Brent, I, I was pulling the number right now, but they don't win if James doesn't score touchdowns. It's, it's, a, it's a fact. They don't win games if James doesn't score touchdowns. Travis Etienne has scored. Fantastic. They lost. They won two games early in the season because James scored touchdowns. So as good as Travis Etienne's been, okay, fantastic. The proof's not there yet. Well, the Jaguars also in this EPA offense defense are a playoff caliber team that's fourth best in the NFL, and they're two and five. So, like, there's a lot of metrics right now not working out the Jags' favor. I, I, I do not think th this is one that's kind of goofy to me. I do not think that the Jags have lost four games in a row because James Robinson doesn't have 18 touchdown, 18 carries, and a touchdown. I just don't buy it. I think they've made stupid penalties. And I think they've had bad situational play. And I'm not sure they would have been in position as much without ETN's performance the last few weeks. And that sounds on point, Brent. But to Casey's point, if Robinson isn't the one scoring touchdowns, you're forcing Trevor to find it in the end zone. And we can see what kind of problems that leads to late in the game for us like that. Let me, let me piggyback with this. Would you rather the Jaguars give it to James Robinson 10 more times a game and ETN get a few less carries? Or right now, do you want to see the ball in ETN's hands five more times at the expense of James Robinson? The latter, not the former. I want to see ETN with the ball a lot. 
He's the guy on the team right now. I mean, outside of Lawrence, he's your offensive stud. Casey? I mean, it doesn't matter. What, what we'd rather see, that's the option now. That He's getting all the carries But now. if you had the choice well, my, is the question. Well, the Jags didn't have to trade him. I think that's what they had to ask themselves. They're like, okay, uh, let's, let's take this game away, all right? Go, go last couple of games. I believe it was 10 and 8. They were split on the carries. I think Houston and uh, the Colts. I'm pretty sure, Casey, that was that was right. So if, if uh, over two games span, they had 18 carries each, and H- Hasty got in there too a little bit, would you rather see over that two-game span 26 touches for ETN and 10 for Robinson or the even split or even more for Robinson? Multiple-choice question. I, I guess somewhere where James is under over the split, but not the 26, whatever. Yeah, not that, that heavy of a split. Yeah, so and, and I guess that's what they're asked. I believe. I have no idea. I think that's what they had to ask themselves. But I will tell you this. Here's, this is just my honest thought coming out of these last few weeks. Why isn't Travis Etienne getting it more? Like, Travis Etienne averaged 8.1 yards a touch last week. And James Robinson didn't get it at all. And I still left the football game saying, why didn't ETN get it more than 14 times? Yeah. Eight yards a touch? Guys, eight yards a touch is significant. Yeah, how do you not stay with the hot hand? Right? So I think you can make the case, give it to him even more these last three weeks. But, you know, it brings up what we talked about with Maurice Enrachine yesterday. It's like, at some point, you run out of options for possessions of the ball. Like, how many times, how many plays can you run? You got all these guys who need targets and carries and, like, at some point, you got to, whatever the opposite of diversify is, you have to hone in on your on your studs. I, I, I don't think this was a bad move for the Jaguars on a, a couple of different fronts. Yeah, I, and this, I'm having a hard time with it because, again, I like James. I appreciate the fan base for James. I just, I didn't see how this was going to work. Because I also feel very strongly, if you listen to the show for the last few weeks when we've had these conversations, and we, by the way, we approached this conversation like a month ago. We're like, is this about to turn? And guess what? It It started to turn. Oh, yeah. And when we were talking about it, we were saying, my biggest concern, I've been on with Mojo talking about it, does James Robinson need 16, 18, 20 touches to be able to get the most out of him? I would say yes. Travis Etienne, eight touches, 12 touches, 14 touches. He doesn't work that way. That makes In it fact, happen. you can make the case that, okay, but don't give him 22. That might be too much. You can make that case. Or to the I, earlier point, if you need to spread that ball around, especially if you're trying to develop Trevor in his rookie season 1B, essentially, then, yeah, it kind of helps that you only need to give the back 10 carries to get it done instead of 25. Yeah. So I think... Like, that's the chess match. Now, that doesn't mean the Jags handled it all well. This whole situation, it's just he is such an unlikely candidate to be in this kind of messy situation of how things went clunky last year and this year. He's a humble, quiet guy that just goes about his business. Like Jalen Ramsey being in the middle of it, Jan being in the middle of it, that made that kind of made sense. This one is weird because it kind of doesn't make sense that he's like, the guy in the middle of all the whatever drama. Well, look, people were saying that about Elijah Moore on the Jets a couple of weeks ago. I just think it's the way business is done in the NFL A little now. bit. And there's no easy way to do it, I guess. But I still think the Jags could have handled it better, man. 
I, I don't think the Jags handled this whole thing well. I don't think they handled it well the last couple of days from uh, a view of what happened last year with James. I don't know if they have the greatest pulse of, and I don't know if coaches care about this stuff, that the fans love James. Yeah. And, and that this was a delicate situation when you're passing the torch. But that's exactly what happened. Uh, we're going to run a little long here, but let's get to Maurice Jones-Drew's conversation yesterday. Just a couple minutes of it, including what he feels about trading away players. This was yesterday before the trade uh, when Maurice Jones-Drew, Mojo on Mondays on ESPN 690. This might be extreme with Maurice Jones-Drew here, but I'm making you James Robinson's agent right now. You got trade deadline coming up next Tuesday. You going in and saying, hey, start poking around? I might be a better a fit somewhere else. <laughs> Give the check. Get Elijah Moore coming in. Get James Robinson. Because it's a perfect <laughs> fantasy football trade right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't. If you're obviously if you're the agent, you're definitely going to talk to to uh, Trent Balky and Doug Peterson and see what's going on. What's in the future? What future do you have for James? And if you have one, awesome. Let's like start working towards it. If you don't, let's move forward so he can get some opportunities there. So if I'm the agent, I'm gonna, I'm going to go out and do a little due diligence and figure it out. But if I'm the Jags, I'm not trading them. Why would you trade him? He's been so successful for you. Um, and, and to be honest, he'll be a free agent next year anyways. I mean, maybe you may get something for him, but, like, are you giving up on the season? I feel like if you trade him, you're not giving yourself the best chance to win win and, and get into a uh, possible playoff spot because the division's not playing that way. As we know, Matt Ryan just got bit. So you have a chance to kind of make some run here if you're able to turn some things around, and I think James should be a part of that. You know, I don't know what goes on in that locker room. Obviously, I'm not in there. And it's been well documented, the difference between the Peterson regime and the Urban Meyer regime. But now you're talking about two years in a row where you've got a James Robinson issue happening behind closed doors. And we don't really have all the information behind it. Now, I know, Brent, a lot of that last year kind of leaked out a little to the press. But we didn't get the full story except for the fact that we knew the players were kind of going up to coaches and, and trying to rectify the situation along with James. But is it possible there's a personnel issue here and the Jags can't necessarily handle it on the field. It could be. I mean, it could be that they just don't like James Robinson's style. I mean, it doesn't fit what they believe to be their system. But I believe that you can't continue to get rid of talented players in Jacksonville. How many times do we have to go through this? We got, you got rid of Jalen Ramsey. You got rid of Fowler. You got rid of this guy. You got rid of that guy. You let Calais Campbell go, who's still playing. I mean, Fournette. everyone's getting like Fournette. I mean, are we going to continue to let, just, um, let talented players go and go ball out for other teams? And then be like, well, they weren't good here because they were a distraction or they, they had a horrible attitude. Like, no, he's a talented player. Talent wins in the National Football League. I've never seen a talented team not win in the National Football League. I've seen untalented teams lose in the National Football League. I've seen them lose a lot. So you got to find a way to continue to keep your talent and utilize your talent and put them in position to be successful. That's Maurice Jones-Drew yesterday on ESPN 690. He joins us each and every Monday, Mojo on Mondays. And I thought he was really good there. And I thought that we had talked about a half hour, by the way, on James Robinson, Travis Etienne situation. And you can hear more of it on YouTube. We've clipped it out, and Aaron and Casey have done that. So uh, you can go find it easy on YouTube. Right now, probably Aaron's in the stream saying, I did that. I did that. Right now, yeah, yeah, he's pointing at himself. <laughs> I Casey don't need the credit. Yeah, I, I just know the right guy credit. I, never, no, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But. I think Mojo, guys, brings up a good point. The Jags have gotten rid of good players. And is James Robinson another one in the line of really good players that the Jags just got rid of? Hmm. 
Is that a question? I mean, the, <laughs> well, it was the, actually phrased that way. The, the real, I thought you were making a point. The reality is yes, but, right? Like, that is the answer to almost all of these questions. Yes, dot, 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 but. Like, yes, he's a great player, but did it fit what the Jags were trying to accomplish? Yes, he's a great player, but has he earned more touches than the rest of these guys? I think, and maybe I'm out of, this, this came to my mind on my way over here, and I got to be careful because I think I love this guy more than maybe any Jag I've covered. But it reminds me a little bit of the Calais-Campbell situation. And, and the money on Calais was massive. It was like $15 million. And Calais is, like, the greatest, and you want him around, and you want him in Jacksonville as long as possible. But he was older, and he was expensive, and the Jags were starting to change over. And in hindsight, while you probably miss him, and you would for every day for the rest of eternity from a, a leadership standpoint, I, have the Jags missed Calais? For $15 million, from a productivity standpoint, he's still getting it done, but his snaps have gone down and everything else. And is that what this might be from a totally different value standpoint? Because, uh, one, I, I just think Calais had accomplished so much more than even James. And, and also, James is different because his contract's going to run out. So it's not like, hey, should we keep the dollar figure? And you know he's looking for a payday. But, well, of course he should, and he should get paid. As an undrafted guy, I hope he gets paid. But my, my point being, are the best years in Jacksonville behind him? And with the injury and with the lack of success so far this year, can you make the case for that? Well, we're about to find out. He's with the New York Jets now, and he's going to get a chance. And if he runs crazy, well, then the Jags are going to pay for this. Because they're going to look really bad. But I just was thinking, and I don't know this, like, is the fan base, which was, in hindsight, was getting rid of Calais because of the dollars and the age and everything, was it a bad move? Casey? Probably not. Yeah, tough one, huh? It's so hard because, get, again, but that was the emotional attachment, right? Does Calais Campbell let them be as bad as they were last year? Does having an actual adult in there help? Probably. Oh, Probably. Well, except but, for when the head coach is the problem. Well, yeah, because I would say the the locker room was a lot of adults. That would be disrespectful. The locker room actually hung together. Yeah. So, but I get your point. Like, listen, I just didn't try. That was an emotional attachment for everybody here in Jacksonville, myself included, okay, when it comes to Calais. But I'm, is that the business kind of end of this thing? Now, James got a lot of years left, potentially. But have they seen a decline enough to say, well, we're not going to give them money at the end of the year anyway. We've moved to ETN, and this makes no sense for us to keep them for 10 games and have them unhappy. I don't know. I don't know if it's even apples to apples. It just came to my mind uh, earlier today. All right, let's take a break. We're live at Tavoli's House of Cars. Brett and Friends on ESPN 690. Back to Devoli's House of Cards. We're debating it here at Devoli's House of Cards as well. James Robinson, Travis Etienne. Should you use him as a duo? Here's here's one thing, guys. Uh, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, and I just said this. The Jags want to be the Kansas City Chiefs. The Jags don't want to be the Baltimore Ravens. 
The Baltimore Ravens would love to have James Robinson. Andy Reid doesn't want James Robinson. He's not fast enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're building that fast-flying offense, running over the middle of the field, and then going out long on the sidelines, like James Robinson doesn't necessarily fit with that momentum slowdown, does he? I mean, does he, Casey? Does anybody run it like James Robinson on Kansas City? Like, Miami's trying to build that, right? There are teams in the league that are trying to build that. Like the Chiefs, and by the way, you should. It's worked. The Bills? On Kansas City, no. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not that fast, but he's not built that way. Yeah. So, like, does that make sense from a Jags point of view where the Jets are going to pound it a little more, the Ravens are going to pound it, the Cleveland Browns he would fit good with? There are just stylistic teams that James Robinson might now fit better with, and the Jags are transitioning out of that whole Doug Marone run heavy stuff to whatever the hell Urban was, and now this. <laughs> so, we'll see. Uh, the Jags did, uh, Jaguars issued a statement um, on James Robinson. By the way, I love this. When the, the the trade officially goes through, like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> They're breaking some news over there. <laughs> breaking news. Uh, that's uh, that's new to us. Uh, we've been talking about it now for 20 hours. All right, let me find uh, the, the statement by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And while you're looking, by the way, just to the fans who are worried about what next, I mean, all you got to do is look to the offseason next year. There is a laundry list of fast pass catching, but also fast running, running backs that will be available on the cheap who you don't have to feature as the lead back in your offense to make something of a go of it. Yeah, you said what's next, by the way. Will they trade other people? Here's a statement. Jacksonville Jaguars are grateful to have had James Robinson as a member of this organization and thank him for his many contributions on the field, in the locker room, and in the community during what were three impactful seasons in Jacksonville. We wish James well in New York as he continues his career with the Jets. By the way, he had like a... a community event scheduled for like november 11th at top golf which Whoops. is kind of wild right thanks uh hey let's get steven on quick i think he wants to talk defense we might have to answer the question at the top of the hour but let's get him on so you don't have to hang on what's up man hey not too much how are you guys doing today pretty good yeah i've uh, i've already kind of gotten over the whole james robinson thing i love the what guy else? i hate that he got traded but i understand by business decision and scheme fit, let's face it, this offense is going to turn into 70% pass, 30% run. But my main th main question for the defense, and I was at the game and everything, I'm still trying to figure for the life of me why Adam Gottes didn't dress. He wasn't on the injury report. Yeah. But I noticed in the game, the meat and potatoes of your D-line, Roy Robertson-Harris, Bakukasi, Hamilton, and Corey Peters, a little older, but that, that's all you had, and Corey Peters, given his age, he's playing 35-plus snaps, Hamilton's 45-plus, and the other two are like 50 or 55-plus. I mean, come on, by the fourth quarter, these guys were spent. And you know the Giants are going to pound, just keep pounding away and wear you down. By the fourth quarter, they were spent. I saw hands on hips and just, they were sucking wind. And I'm just upset of uh, just not seeing adjustments. You look at the Pittsburgh game against Miami, they drove the first three drives, Dinkin and Duncan, Tomlin said, uh-uh, let's scoop the linebackers up, let's take away the middle. I'm just not seeing that from Caldwell, not, not adjustments anymore. And it's just, I could tell the Giants took tape from the Colts and they took tape from the Eagles and said, hey, there's the formula to beat that defense. 
All right, Stephen, appreciate it, man. Yeah, adjustments, and Caldwell's under a little bit of heat now, right? He had a really good start. He hasn't had a good second month. Uh, his defense has not, and sure, that's got to go back to the coaching a little bit, and maybe it does have to do with veterans a little bit. The other thing that doesn't look good for the Jags is Jay Tufeli, who they cut, is playing really well for the Cincinnati Bengals. Remember when we went through that whole roster like they hadn't made a bad move? Oh, yeah. Now if we do that weeks later? <laughs> <laughs> maybe not so much. <laughs> Funny how things change in the NFL. Maybe it can change back. We're going to hit the top of the hour. We come back. C.C. Jefferson joins us. Played a bit in the NFL. Played, of course, for the Florida Gators. He'll join us when we come back in a big Georgia-Florida, for him, Florida-Georgia week. It's next on ESPN 690.